Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Good morning. My name is Jess Coulter, and I'm one of the pastors here. I specifically oversee family ministry and have the privilege of leading Valley Teens on Sunday morning. Thank you very much. That's my... This is the hype section of the room over here. She also, she also works for me, so you know, you can decide if it's legit. All right. Um, I have been loving this Family Foundation series. If you have missed any of the weeks of it, I would encourage you to go back um, and watch it on demand on YouTube or our podcast. There's even a workbook that goes along with it um, that we have on site. And each week, whether you have kids in the home or not, has so many good principles that we can apply to our lives and questions to work through very intentionally. Um, it's one of the reasons young kids and families are a value here at the Valley. And so investing in this series mattered to us. I came across a quote from Reggie Joyner that I felt like articulated why that is very well. He says, our fights should really be for the mission of the church and the mission of the family instead of trying to have bigger churches or better families. When it comes to entities that God has created specifically to make disciples and accomplish his mission of influencing a generation to have a stronger, deeper, and more authentic relationship with God, there is the church, the family, and nothing else. In fact, I would like to invite a special guest to come up and join me on the stage as we talk about this value of young families and kids at the Valley Church. Welcome. Looking great. Hi. Um, why, which is one reason why we say that we partner with parents when your child is young. What grade are you in? Kindergarten. Kindergarten, that's right. Just finished kindergarten. Um, and so we partner with you from the time that they are in the nursery, they're in kindergarten, until the time that they graduate. It happens so quickly, doesn't it? In fact, you have approximately 936 weeks from the time a child is born until the time that they graduate from high school. It puts things into perspective, doesn't it? This happens so fast. When you see how much time you have left, you do more with the time that you have now. And 100 years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is a person's relationship with God. Thanks, guys. You guys can have a seat. Beautiful. Oh, very good. But here's the good news. Here's the good news that nobody has more influence in a child's life than that of their parents. And that's why we as the Valley Church want to partner with you, the parents. I was a middle school youth pastor. It was Friday night, my day off, 11.30 p.m., and my phone buzzes, and I look at it. Hey, now, if you've ever worked with teens, that's how they all start. One word, hey. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I'm debating. Am I going to, what am I going to do about this? Can I pretend I don't see it till the morning? You know, what do I want to do? Well, I answer, hey. Text back. Can you come get me? Where are you? I'm at John's house. He won't take me home, and I think he's been drinking. Does your mother know you are there? She's at work. I wanted to reply back, this is why we said John was a bad idea, but I didn't. <laughs> and I said, where are you? I'll come get you. A parent is not the only influence a child needs. There comes a day when they don't tell you everything. 
the woman is sitting across the table from an eighth grader, and she is, the eighth grader's feeling very grown up, solemnly looks at her, and she says, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I'm not going to youth group anymore. It's a click. All they do is hang out with each other. We don't serve. We don't go anywhere. It's just about that. I can just go to the adult services, and I'll volunteer with the kids. The older woman nods her head and says, yes, you could, and, and that would be good. But before you decide, I just want to ask you one question. Is that okay? Yeah. Have you considered that maybe the youth group isn't just for you, but that you might be for the youth group? That maybe God has made you upset about this because he wants you to do something about it. And did you know that the church isn't just run by pastors or adults, but that God calls each of us to be part of the church? That might be something that he's planned for you. I don't know. Just think about it before you decide, but I am proud of you either way. That was a conversation that I had when I was in eighth grade with one of my leaders, Lori, who had first started to be my life leader when I was a fifth grader. And I got to tell you, in that moment of that conversation, I guarantee you that she didn't know what a seed that had been planted in that moment, but God used her because she kept showing up in my life, and I gave Lori plenty of reasons to stop showing up in my life. I was a good kid, but I was ornery as they come. I was probably like one of, one of the more annoying kids in the youth group, but she kept showing up and being there for me, and if I called Lori today, 26-some years later, she would pick up the phone and still be there for me. Every child needs another voice saying the same thing a loving parent would say. And another ear to listen when you don't want to hear your parents anymore. Has anybody ever said, given some advice or a suggestion, and it's just somebody else comes along and says the exact same thing that you just said? And genius, I've never thought of that before. It's the very thing I should do, right? And you're like, I just said that, right? That can be with a parent or any relationship. It comes along where, where you just don't hear it from the same people anymore. Somebody to pick them up when they're too scared to call their parents or to share something that feels too awkward now to talk to mom or dad about. They need a circle. We all need a circle. And so that's what we're talking about with our family foundation today is your circle. In fact, studies show that we need a circle of five. That we need five voices outside of our parents to form our circle and invest in us. You might have heard this, you are the sum product of the five people that you spend the most time with. I almost took a picture because um, if you look at some of the ladies on staff, we all carry the same um, water bottle. So you can tell we all spend a lot of time together, right? You're, you're the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. We're going to head in our Bibles to John chapter 5. So if you brought one, if you want to check out your Bible app, there are some under the chairs. If you use one in, the, in your row, it's on page 864, John 5 verse 1. It says this, after Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, afterward Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind lame and paralyzed, lay on these porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, would you like to get well? 
I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So this pool, Bethesda, would be considered a place of healing. And based on the man's response, there was the belief that if you were the first one to get into those waters when they started to bubble, that you would be healed. But he had been waiting 38 years why? I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Now we're going to look at Mark uh, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. If you've got one of those Bibles in your row, it's page 813. And it says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above, dug it through, and lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And he walked. Two crippled men, both have healing encounters with Jesus. One very big distinction the man by the pool of Bethesda was alone. He waited 38 years before someone, and it was Jesus, came to help him. There are a dozen hypotheses about how he came to be alone. We don't know. You know was he truly alone? Was there literally not one person, if you didn't even know him that well, that would like take pity on him and help him into the water? I don't know. Did he just give up after 38 years of not having a, a community around him that he, didn't, he was despaired and depressed and he just didn't even try to find that help anymore? However it came to be, we see two men in need of Jesus one waited 38 years alone, and the other had a circle of friends who were willing to do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. I mean, which man would you rather be, right? Which scenario do we want for our kids? I've invited some of the seniors to join me on the stage today, some of whom I have gotten to do life with since the Valley Troy launched in 2018. So I have got some fun stories to share from that time. Um, but I didn't invite them today just because they're seniors and it's Grad Sunday, but specifically because when I saw what the topic was for Family Foundations, I knew I had to invite them because over the years they've shared stories about what God's been doing in their life and their growth, and I've seen that growth. And when I would ask them, like, hey, tell me about this, there was one catalyst that was a thread throughout all of their stories, and it was that of their circles, the sum product of the five people that they hang around the most. And so one thing I'd like to point out is to know your future, look at your five. You want to know where your kids are headed? You want to know where, where you're headed, where I'm headed? Look at your five. Who are the five people that influence you the most? This is Nadia. Welcome back. Um, Nadia and I have known each other for five years, I think, and um, we have a great relationship, a pretty blunt relationship, and so one day I just looked at her and I was like, you are not the same person. Like, you are totally different this year. What is up? Tell them what you told me. I changed my friend group. It was for the better. Changed it's for my personal growth and for my well-being. Mm -hmm. You said... Um, I said, I was like, well, that's very good. So what, you're like, well, those other friends just weren't so good for me, right? Different, different sets of influences. Caleb, will you share with us, what do you think would be different about your life without your circle? Um, yeah, so I truly believe that I wouldn't be in the position I am right now. 
if I didn't have my close group of friends encouraging me and helping guide me along the path. Uh, we're, we've all entered a pretty stressful situations of decision making with college and planning our futures. So I'm choosing to go to Cedarville and I think that's one big thing that my friends helped me pick out. And I'm glad that God put them in my life to help me out and I'm planning on helping them out too. PJ, uh, you shared with me, I don't know, it might have been last year, about um, something that happened in car rides that you're like, this isn't normal. Why don't you tell me about that? Yeah. So um, I got really close with a good group of guys uh, right around, like, middle of junior year, um, which is really good for me. And one of, the, one of the biggest influences from that group is Andrew. And uh, for a while, I didn't have a car, and I was hanging out with the guys all the time. So Andrew was driving me around a lot. And, um, you know, you're driving around with the guys. You got music up, you're bumping, you're chilling, you know? You're singing along, screaming at the top of your lungs. It happens. But, and that's great. But there was a lot of times that Andrew would just turn down the volume and just kind of look at me. Safely. He's, he's not crashing into anything. But, you know, he'd look at me and he'd ask, like, how's God in your life? How have you seen Jesus? What are you reading? What's your spiritual life like? And it's different because, like, you know, there's times you're in a car somewhere and they're like, how you been? You know, small talk. This was very intentional and very guiding questions. And, you know, it kind of caught you off guard. You know, if you're, at, if you're at church, you're expecting people to ask. But, you know, catching you off guard is really good because it helps me be honest. And it just got, it gave me, like, I just gave the real answer and we were able to talk about it. And that was really good. And uh, then another big influence that I have is... Uh, Charlie was great for me during, I had a lot of hard times coming up. I had a lot of hard times and, uh, you know, there was a lot of times between first and second service, we'd walk over to Speedway, get, you know, the giant slurpees, get some, you know. Way too early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a lot of sugar right before we go to Dan, you know, just give him as much trouble as possible. But, you know, it was just, it was in those walks that, you know, it's just the two of us and we were able to just talk. We were able to talk through some stuff. And it really just helped me get over a lot of the stuff that was going on in my life. That's great. Your circle should be intentional. It's got to be intentional. If you aren't intentional about who's in your family circle, then it could just be a coincidence, uh, whoever you're spending the most time with. But you might discover that that circle doesn't have the values that you want for your family or that they don't line up with Christ. Um, I've as you guys are sharing, I'm cracking up because there were the intentional times that we, we get together, but then some of the best conversations happen randomly out of an overflow of that, of doing life together. Um, Andrew, why don't you share with us about some intentional choices that you made with mentors and friends and, and things like that? Yeah, so uh, I got baptized in 2020, August 2020, so that's uh, like the summer after freshman year, right? So we're, we're, we're a little bit weird still. We, we're figuring out ourselves, you know. Um, the, the whole fun high school situation. Um, I've been so blessed um, by God. He's given me so many good guys in my life, um, just specifically my uncle, my cousin, um, and my, my current mentor, uh, Kyle. He's my uh, young life leader and my dad as well. They have all just been pouring out into me, um, which led me in a relationship with Christ to find people that were like that, that spoke and poured out into me um, and just continued to strengthen my relationship with God through all of it. Okay. Um, Charlie, 
Why don't you talk to us about what Life Group has been like? This is a special, I'm going to, so I've been doing youth ministry, um, family ministry for, I don't know, maybe 13 years. Don't ask um, exactly, but about that. And I will say that this senior um, high school group, Life Group, is unique. It's, at, it's, it's different than some I've had. In fact, sometimes people will come in or uh, somebody served at Fall Retreat uh, who wasn't, isn't always in there. They'll come into the room and they always, like every time, say like, like, Wow. Like, like that group's legit. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, teens are pretty cool. There's, there's great stuff that's happening there. Why don't you what, talk to us about what life group's been like for you? Well, we've thrown around the word like intentionality a lot, and I think that's that's very important. That's kind of just like a kind of a defining word for our high school guys' life group because everyone has kind of put forth an effort to be close together, not just in church but also outside of church. Mm-hmm. And we've really put like, put forth an effort to you know, be in each other's lives more than just Sunday mornings. Um, and this is just as true for our leaders as not for the guys like, uh, like Dan Shirk, Michael Pitts, Caleb Ingram, and Gray Rayner. We've all, they've all just like poured into our lives. I remember there was a time when uh, Gray Rayner took us all to see the new Top Gun movie just outside of church last summer. Um, I'd already seen it 13 times, but it still had a really good time. Um, <laughs> But it was, just, it was just one of those moments where it was like, okay, well, he didn't have to do this. There was nothing telling him to do this, but he just did it. And it was just a fun event that we could all just do and get closer. And it just, it kind of made me realize like the, uh, just how much we're in each other's lives more than I'd say an average high school life group. I have two words for you. La fiesta. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> that one so, is, there's, that's an important one. Yeah. There's a lot of times Charles was talking about, you know, intentionally seeking out, not just, you know, we're there every Sunday morning, you know, Dan's there, Gray's there, everyone's there. You know, they switch off sometimes, but they're, they're making the effort to be there. But that's, I don't want to say expected because it's amazing that they're doing that, but it's something that you come to expect, but they take the time out of their day and out of their busy schedule to hang out with us and talk to us outside of that. And the biggest one for me was there was a time in my life I was going through something. Didn't talk about it really. It was just kind of there. But Dan knew. Dan could tell. So Dan came up to me and he's like, hey, why don't you, me, and Charlie go out to La Fiesta? Let's go get food. Let's go talk. So it was just, you know, something that he didn't have to do. He could have seen it. He could have prayed about it. He could have done anything about it. But he decided to, you know, take a time to take us out and give us a space that we could talk. And I was able to have a conversation with him and just kind of air it out and heal from it. Yeah, I'd say uh, that kind of started a trend uh, for La Fiesta being our after church spot. We go there quite a bit. And I'd say the, uh, the chips and queso have kind of gotten us through high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> also, massive plus, Dan paid. But, yeah. I mean, I mean that, was, that was just a plus, you know. The whole intentionality, that was the big thing. <laughs> we know the way to your heart, food. All right, Caleb, what advice would you give for the teens in this room, or adults, anybody, for choosing their circle? Um, the first thing and most important thing in my mind is choosing people who have the same beliefs and values as you. Um, in my experience, that allows for very strong relationships to form, and you can become more helpful to each other when you both need it. Um, I think of it as not just a one-way street, it's a two-way street. you got to help them when they need it, going through stressful times, and then they'll hopefully help you as well when you're going through stressful times. Um, I also think 
One major thing is that they keep you accountable. Um, it's very easy to veer off the path that God has set for you. So you need a good group of people to help keep, help keep you anchored and on the path that God has for you. Well said. So to know your future, look at your five. Your circle should be intentional, and your circle is formed when you consistently show up. You guys kind of already started hitting on that one. Um, Charlie, you shared another time about where you were having a hard year, and talk to us about that with your life group. Well, uh, there was a time in the latter half of my junior year where I really just felt kind of depressed and sad and angry, and just all kinds of emotions were kind of just welling up. And I was kind of just going through life Everywhere I went, I kind of just felt the same way. I felt kind of numb and just sad. And it was all just, it all kind of just seemed like pointless. But then I, every time I went to my high school life group, it was kind of just, it was different because I kind of just like forgot about all that stuff. And I was able to kind of just relax and breathe and just have fun with them and just while we're learning about the Lord. And it was just a really cool time because I made that connection that this group is blessed by God. So obviously God has something to do with that good feeling that I'm feeling. And so it's kind of, it led me to not just be a Christian, but also have a relationship with the Lord, like a deeper spiritual connection. I feel like we should just stop right there. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. So guys, all of you, just real quick, if you, if you want to pipe in, how many Sundays in a year do you think you've attended the Valley? There's 52 weeks in a year. So... I'd say, I'd say it's, it, it's <laughs> 55, of course, actually 100, um, but I would say it's, it's high 40s, you know, there's times you had to, we were on vacation or something, but high 40s. Yep. I would agree with that. I'd say about mid 40s, mm-hmm. high 40s. Low 40s. Okay, there we go. Um, Andrew attends Young Life. How many uh, weeks of Young Life did you, would you say you attended in the last year? Um, too many. So they have to take off weeks so that they don't see my face. Um, so they take off like, you know, three weeks out of the month. So I maybe missed one, if that. Yeah, so they took off three weeks, but you only missed one. Correct. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. Um, all right, so how many uh, Sundays did you guys work? None. Zero. Two. Mother's Day and Easter. Well, well I work here, so um, Charlie I guess that, yeah. He Every never Sunday. misses. Okay. What about you? None. None. All right. And um, how many Sundays did you feel like, I'll start down here. How many Sundays did you feel like not waking up early? Most like, of them. Yes? <laughs> Were you allowed to do that? No. <laughs> do you know why? This is a good segue. Uh, these guys are unusual because when I asked them this question, they were like, not really. Like, we like to come. I'm like, that's great. But I definitely yeah. wanted to sleep in when I was a teen. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I want to sleep in because I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person at all. Um, late to school no, most of the days. Um, the Comes other day, in clutching an energy drink. I love yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caffeine addiction raging. But, you know, um, Sundays, my mom, was, my mom said this all the time. Sundays were the one day that I was able to get up well, you know, once I woke up, I wanted to go because I wanted to be there because I help out with the kids and just my want to, you know, help out with the kids and pour into the kids got me out of bed and got me here around the time I was supposed to be here. You also live right over there, so it's pretty easy. Shh. 
that's accurate. Yeah, I have to go 15 minutes to get here. Yeah, PJ, tell us about that. So, so for the past two years, yeah. almost every single week, yeah. um, you've served in kids. Yeah, for, like, like she said, the past two years, basically, um, I started helping out right around COVID, did some of the online weird stuff. But uh, once they came back and we had the kids in there, I was there every week. Just there was, it was before we really did a schedule. They were just you know flipping off, and I'm like, I'm just gonna be there every week. Don't worry about scheduling. So, just being there, I was with the fourth and fifth graders the entire time, and it was cool for them because it was less of like a grown up, you know, towering over them, and more of a, you know, almost like a babysitter, but like that that kind of thing. It was a big kid, mm -hmm. so it was cool to be able to talk to them and give them some you know, experience for like what they're going through as far as school, but also help answer some of their questions about like the Lord and just answering all of that kind of helped me uh, further my faith, being able to help them with their faith. And uh, my favorite, I'll share a favorite memory was uh, a couple months ago, I told the kids, hey, I'm going to college by the way. I'm leaving in August to go to Florida for college. Boom. I'll see you guys. Boom. I'll see you guys Christmas, but my college is also going to go through next summer, so I'm not going to see you guys. And uh, their reaction was kind of comical, but also very loving. Uh, the banging on the floor, the "Don't go, please stay." Uh, can we get you not to go to college? Um, it it really showed that. I wasn't just there. They weren't just there. I meant something to them. And that one, you know, there's times you're not sure because the kids are making jokes. We're all hanging out. We're having fun. But I was able to help them truly. And it meant something that they really wanted me to stay. Yeah, PJ's part of their circle. So it's cool to see how PJ has people invested in his circle. And PJ and Nadia. Nadia, tell us uh, which group that you serve with. Kindergartners. Kindergartners. So that cute little kindergartner up in her cap and gown with Nadia, Nadia is her life group leader. So it's a fun whole circle moment. So Nadia and PJ are also part of the kids circles, showing up for them every week and investing in them like others have for them. Who you spend time with is who's going to be in your circle. The sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So if your kids and your teens aren't here, just a challenge to you. If they're not here, then it's hard for us as the Valley, for, for these guys, for, for their life group leaders to be in their circle. If they're not here consistently, our goal to partner with parents is a whole lot easier when we get to see you on a consistent basis. And I know pretty much every single life group leader that serves birth through 12th grade. We had some new ones come in, but for the most part, I know all of them. And can I just say from the bottom of my heart, like you want those people in your family circle. They're so great. They're so intentional. They love your kids and your teens. And you want them, like that opportunity for them to be in your circle. Um, there's some great, some great leaders that we have. Um, I saw this statistic, and it blew me away a little bit. I kind of knew this, but the numbers were a bit staggering. Um, statistically, a teen is only 17% likely to engage in a faith community after high school if they did not have a mentor or an adult pouring into them. A 17% chance that they will still be with the faith after high school. But when a student has an adult or mentor pouring into them, just doing life with them, there's a 77% chance, 60% increase, that they will stick with the faith once they, once they head out of high school. 
that without a circle, they graduate from their faith. With a circle, they do not. Without a circle, they graduate from their faith, but with a circle, they do not. So what does that look like at the valley? Um, this also floored me, even though it's, it's my ministry. Um, 215 was the average number just on a Sunday, not like coming through the doors over the course of a month. On a Sunday in the last month, we had 215 kids and teens here with us on a Sunday morning. It's, it's exciting. And so if you think, what do those stats mean for us? That means that without a circle... 36 of them, only 36 of them are likely to remain with the faith and to be in a faith community once they graduate. But if we as the Valley put a circle around them and partner with parents, then that number increases to 165. Now my goal is 215, right? But the numbers tell you that with a circle, we greatly increase our chance of partnering with, with our young adults as they head out into the world and helping to continue them with their faith. And a hundred years from now, the only thing that matters is their relationship with Jesus Christ. This isn't flippant. This isn't, this is a big deal. It's life or death. Like eternity hangs in the balance. And so when I read a stat that tells me that if I put a circle around a young person, that their chances of knowing Jesus Christ increases by 60%. Come on, Valley Church. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. That's why it's important that if you are a parent, if you have kids, if you have that opportunity to bring them here consistently, we want to partner with you. That's why as a church, we need leaders and mentors willing to invest in the next generation that they'll pour into them who show up weekly to pour into these teens and for grandparents to pour into their, grandpa- their grandkids and for single people to be the aunts and uncles of the, of the young people at the valley. Because I believe that God has positioned the Valley Church to not have that statistic. I truly believe that God has called us to make sure that young adults aren't graduating from their faith. And I think we can each play our part that 20 years from now, that youth will show up and they'll be sharing a story like my story with Lori about how Melanie shaped their faith, about how Dan was there for them with a hard time, how Andrea prayed for them, about how Charlie showed them what following Jesus was like. And Emily always knew their name and how much she loved Jesus, that Jenny always showed up. This is what happens when we prioritize our circles with intentionality and consistency. That family foundation workbook that I talked about, there's a stack of them out at the front, and it has some questions for this week that you can process, and I'd encourage you to do so. And it asks uh, two, you would answer two questions and ask God this. Who do you have for our family circle? If you're single, it still applies. Who's in your circle? And two, what circles would you have me to be a part of? Where do I give back? In closing, um, I have a sending verse that um, I have been praying over the Valley kids and the Valley teens. I haven't said, told them this yet, but it's, it's this Luke twenty two thirty two, And it says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fall. And that is my prayer over every single one of the young people that come through this church, that I pray for them that their faith may not fall, that they will not graduate from their faith and that they will go out and change the world. Because, I don't know, when I hear the stories from these seniors, I have a, I have a very positive look towards the future of how God's going to use them and what he's going to do in the communities around them. Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you 
so much that, that you are with us and that you're moving in each and every one of us. I thank you that from the ones that would just say like, I don't even like kids, <laughs> to the ones that are called to serve with them, that together as the body of Christ, that we can make a difference in our community, that we can invest in generations, that we can invest in each other, and that we know, God, that you have not put us on this earth to do this alone. We are never supposed to just figure this out by ourselves. That once we individually decide Jesus Christ, that you're the, the leader of our life, that from that point on, like we, we are living this out in community, that you are surrounding us with a circle of people to invest and to encourage and to cheer us on in this journey. We cannot do this alone. And so I pray that as a Valley Church, that you would use us to be that for the upcoming generations. I pray that each person here, if they're like, I don't feel like I have a circle, God, help them to have the courage to reach out and ask. There's nothing embarrassing about asking for someone to, to join you in this journey. Give them the courage to do so. And God, I pray that you would bless these seniors as they go out and they lead out in the ways that you have called them to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.